Lord. Today I want to have you turn, I'd like to have you turn with me to Psalms chapter 1. Today are you thankful and grateful to be in the house of God? Amen. And, and thankful to be a child of God. Amen. I was meditating on the spending time with God, and I was thinking on, obviously, a lot of times these days especially. Years ago, I really haven't heard of it that much, but nowadays I hear of it a lot, about having, uh, you know, making goals and all kinds of things when the new year comes. Today, my challenge to you is how many of the children of God have in their goals spending time with God? Maybe the main important one that we might miss when we make our goals for the new year, uh, and maybe it was just from how I was raised and where I came from, I don't know, but I used to never hear those things, even after I was born again. But in the last 10 years, I hear it all the time. You've got to write your goals and all kinds of things. You know what? If God is not in your goals, your goals are a waste of time. If God is in your goals, they're worth it. But if he's not in it, it is no good. Amen? And we see that here in Psalms chapter 1. He said, Blessed is the man, he said, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but, he said, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a, <clears throat> excuse me, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now it changes a little bit here. In verse 4, he said, the ungodly are not so. He said, but they are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. To me that in verse 2 it sounds like a dedicated life to the Lord. He said, but his delight is in the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Spending time with God is time well spent. Spending time with God is something that is building and uplifting in our spiritual life, in our walk with Him. Spending time with God is a preparation for our eternal destiny. So what does it mean for you to spend time with God? Does it mean for you to spend time with God, maybe to go to church? Maybe for you, spending time with God means to listen to a sermon on TV, maybe listen to a sermon on the radio. I don't know exactly. We all probably have a little different view of what we call spending time with God. But one thing we can know for sure what David is saying here, he said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Thank you. Remember, that's sometimes what happens. 
The righteous need to know how to discern the counsel. But many fail. Many fail in that area of life. Taking counsel from the ungodly and standing in their ways and walking with them takes away time with God. He said, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. I really like that word, but. That is what is really important. But his delight is in the law. Is your delight this morning to spend time with God? Is your delight this morning in the law of God? In the word of God? I really didn't think about it until I think it was this morning or maybe late last night. When God gave me this message for today that it's an excellent way then if we want to talk about starting the new year. It's an excellent way. Because when the Bible talks very clearly that first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness in Matthew, and He said, then all these things shall be added unto you. The Bible also says that without a vision, people perish. But what David is saying here, what he's bringing out is the importance because when we delight in his word, look what he said. He said, then we are like a tree that is planted by the rivers of waters. Every time I read this scripture, my mind goes back to our farm in Illinois. There was this little river. We called it a creek. And it might have been six feet wide. But I don't remember it, see, it seeing it dry. There was always a little water running through it, went all the way across the farm. And beside that little creek, there was these big, tall trees. And when I read this, I always think of that. Why? They had all the moisture. They had all the water. They were feeding from that little creek, that little river. The roots, some of them even went down under the river. So they had all this fresh water running, and the water was always cold. Even it gets hot in Illinois. The water was nice and cold. It was like a spring. That is how the Word of God should feed you and I, our soul, just like that. And when we are planted by the rivers of water, what is it happening? We grow strong in the Lord. The roots go down. The moisture rise with the Holy Ghost and fed by the Holy Spirit. And we're empowered by His glory and His righteousness. The Word of God is alive. It's quick and sharper than a two-edged sword. Can I have an amen? And look what happens when we're planted by the rivers of the water of Jesus Christ. When we're planted by Him. We grow strong in Him. He becomes our source of life. He becomes the meaning of life to us. We seek Him. We seek His will in His face. Like He said in Psalms 46, He said, Be still and know that I am God, He said. Hmm. And He even goes on to say, I will be exalted. Who By who? He said, among the heathen. He said, I will be exalted in the earth. God is a great God. 
He's a holy God. Have you already thought about, like the question came up maybe the other night in our, our Bible study and in our Wednesday night service. It was a very good one. How is it that you and I remember our past, but God doesn't? The difference is God is a holy God. He's a just God. He is complete. He cannot sin. And when God forgives, he don't just forgive, he forgets. You and I, our problem is we may forgive, but we sometimes have a hard time to forget. There's a big difference between us and God in that part. Amen. Now, he forgets. He doesn't remember no more. And when that happens to us, what is very important that when we spend time with God, then we also, it helps us to overcome. It, it's, a, it's a great reminder. It's just kind of like, you know, sometimes I think people spending time with God is kind of like their life might be like secondhand spirituality to a certain extent. You know, because some of us may have tried to spend time with God, but we're so busy. You know, we can't keep our mind there. Maybe we have, we have tried to spend time with God on a daily basis, but we just have not been successful. Others have tried hard, real hard, concentrating and just taking a little bit of time, spending time with God. And then also it's those that did rather... To then spend time with God, they just rather listen for His voice. You know, we all have, people all have different ways of going about it, but remember, it doesn't mean they're all right. And maybe some of, maybe some of you today is even interested in spending time with God. It's just coming and listening what the pastor has to say. And you don't even read the Word of God. You don't even spend time with God. You don't have time to pray unless it's just a quick prayer on the road or something. Well, we know our pastor has a great walk with God. He loves God. We're just taking an example. He's anointed by the Holy Ghost. I don't know where else I can get better feeding than just, I'll just go to church. That's my time. And I'll feed off of that through the week and... It'll hold me over till next Sunday. I don't really have time to come to church on a Wednesday night. I'm busy. I got things to do and places to go and people to meet. After all, isn't that why we have a preacher anyway? It's his duty to bring the word and share the word, encourage us and Remember spending time with God. But if that is your approach this morning, if that is who you are, then you have secondhand Christianity, secondhand spirituality. You and I all need one on one with God. We really need that. We need to read the Word of God, to, to allow that anointing, to allow that feeding from the Holy Spirit, to minister to us through His Word, in us and through us. 
If we don't read the Word, you're just getting secondhand. So we think, well, it's, it still works. I'm doing fine. I, you know, all these things. So my challenge is, so if that is the case, if that is working for you, would you do that with other parts in your life? Would you do that with that? Who is here that don't like to eat? So if you have secondhand spirituality, how about when it comes to eat, do you have somebody else eat food for you? Usually we like to eat our own. We don't want somebody else to go on vacation for us. You know, if we think about it, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, brothers and sisters. But why is it that, why is it that God, He gets the second-hand seat? He gets the backseat driver. God wants to be the driver. He wants to be in your driver's seat. God wants to be first. He wants to have that relationship with you. Remember when he, when the, when he was going to destroy the world, when he was going to destroy the world and, and he asked Noah to build an ark, he was thinking of us. Can you imagine all those people that drowned that time, but yet Noah, his wife, three sons and their wives, eight people God, were saved out of that first world. Look at that. And God said, it's worth it. There were more numbers of head of animals in there than there was people in that ark. It's important. I don't blame you that you don't want to ask me to go on vacation for you. I understand that. Why would you ask me to preach the word to you so you don't have to read the word or pray to God? I might go on vacation for you if you ask me to go to Florida about now. You know, go out on the beach and just, just enjoy the nice warm weather. Have you already noticed you, we enjoy the warm weather more, or I do sometimes, in the win- when it's winter here than when it's summer here? Because when it's cold here, it's just nice to go away and get out there and just, it's just a comforting in the mind and the body just to know that, oh, it's cold at home, but <laughs> this is awesome. I'm right here on the beach. I'm getting the sun, and I don't have to even, you know, I'm, I'm just enjoying. I don't have to worry about uh, checking the thermostat to make sure that is going really nice and high, and I'm just enjoying the sun. It's beautiful. It's just a break from life, so to speak. That's not how it works with the spiritual life. That's not how it works when we walk with God. I remember one of the first years I was born again. I caught myself thinking, we went on a little of a family vacation, and I caught myself thinking that, you know what? For a couple days, I'm just not going to read the Word. I'm just going to take a break from everything in life, and I'm just going to live. It didn't work out that great. The first day, I'm like, man, I'm missing something. See? When we have that connection with God, no one really has to tell us, hey, did you read the Word today? Did you pray today? 
when we're dedicated, I think we'll miss it. If you skip a day, you'll be like, why was yesterday just, it was a tough day. Why was that? Oh, yeah, I got real busy in the morning. I didn't have time to read. And last night I was tired. I had to go to bed. I mean, I just didn't have time for God. I just didn't spend time with Him. Or maybe the children, the little ones were just fighting and quarreling and screaming and no one wanted to listen and I had a bad attitude and yeah. Maybe your goal was you're really going to have a successful 2024. Remember, if God is not in your goal, it doesn't mean nothing. All it means is building up for self. When God is in it, little is much. It is. Little is much when God is in it. There are certain things that no one can do for you. You know that? One thing that no one can do for you or for me. Except Jesus, and that is save us and to keep us. He's the only one. Because the day of judgment, I don't believe that when we come before the throne, that God is going to say, maybe one of us comes there. Even my wife, maybe she comes there and, and God, Jesus is going to say, well, uh, get, bring your husband over here. We, we need to have a talk with him before we make the decision. You're not going to do that. Husband and wife is done then. That was here, not up there. Or your friend, or your dad, your mom, your brother, your sister. It's not going to be you. I am going to stand there. You're going to stand there. You know, that's the difference. We're not going to depend on someone else. It's between you and him. And if you had secondhand walk with Jesus, if you had a secondhand spirituality in this side, I would be concerned about that. I'd be concerned about that. Make Jesus Christ your priority in life. Why is it so important to spend time with God? Let's look at an example in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35. What did Jesus do when, when he was here? It says early in the morning. Jesus got up and left the, left the house and he went off to a solitary place to pray, to seek God. Why is that? I want to actually look at that scripture. There was something going on there. There was something going on there that when Jesus did that. But you know what? That was his normal lifestyle. That should be our lifestyle. It should be our lifestyle that we seek God no matter what's going on, no matter where we are, no matter when it is. Yeah, that's what it was. See, he was just living a life for the Father. He was obedient. And look what was going on before that. And after that, it said he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there he prayed. And then from there, what did he do? It said, and, and Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had come, when they had found him, they said unto him, all men seek for thee. 
And he said unto them, this is what Jesus said, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, for there came, therefore came I forth. He said, that's why I came. And so he went into all these other towns and cities and places, and look what he did. He said he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Hmm. He even said there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him and saith, Look what he said, I will be thou clean. And he straightly, and as soon as he had spoken immediately, the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away. And saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter in so much that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in the desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. Look at that. Sometimes when we're not allowed, when, you, when we're not allowed in certain places, or we're rejected, or whatever it might be, but look at Jesus. He had that relationship. He knew the Father. And when he, had the, when he knew the Father, he had that touch. He was in touch, and God the, and, and his Son were working together, and that's how it is for you and I today. When you and I are in touch, when you and I are faithful, when you and I love him, when he's a priority, when we spend time with God. You know, sometimes in these days, people get the idea that just certain men, just certain pastors or certain evangelists, can cast out devils. You know why there's only certain ones? It's those that spend time with God. Can I have an amen? That is the difference. It's spending time with God. It's not who you are and who I am. It's who He is. Can I have an amen? That is what was going on here with Jesus. He was spending time with the Father. He went to pray. He went to seek God before He started His day. He had a full day. And look what happened. It said he cast out devils. The leper came out. People got healed. And then, and did you see how he told this man, don't be telling everybody. Well, he's all excited. He's telling the people, well, now the, the city don't want him there. So now he leaves. He goes out in the desert, and they come from everywhere to him. Why? Because they heard the good news, and they're like, oh, people are getting healed. People are getting delivered. I wish today the people would be so hungry for God. Today, everybody, no, I shouldn't say everybody, so many are running away. It's like they're hightailing. The way people run away from God today is like the devil is running after them. But what they're really doing, they're chasing after the devil. People are chasing after the devil. They're like, hey, wait a minute, I'm coming with you. And he's like, oh, we got a lot more work to do. He said, let's just keep going. We'll, we'll keep gathering up more. That's what the devil is doing. He's just, he's just raising havoc out there. He says, come on. Come on. Remember, he's not after those that are already serving him. He's after those that serve the Lord. He's after those that are all mixed up and confused because he's already in their hearts and lives. They're not spending time with God. You know what happens when you spend time with God? devil doesn't want to be there. He doesn't enjoy that time. He don't want to be there. 
Remember what he said there. He said, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And then he said, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. I want to go back and touch on them trees I was talking about in our farm there in Illinois. These trees were huge. They were big around, and they were tall. This is not just some story. This is a clear testimony of God. We cut down some of those big trees. And if I remember right, some were 90 and some were 120 feet long. Like we cut, we cut them down and we, we cut logs and we sawed it up to build our house and our barn and our shop. We put up all new buildings and the lumber came out of our woods from them big trees, made some really nice lumber. You know what? What a great example today. If you are planted by the river of water of Jesus Christ, And your roots are down there. How many times do we see just some river, just some creek, and the trees, oh, they tip over, their roots come out, and, you know, it's all washed out, and it's nasty there, and, and they just don't last. And first thing you know, you just have a river, and there's no trees around. They're all tipped over. That's kind of how it is when you suck water, uh, when you suck from the rivers of water of the world. Yeah, your roots tip out and they come up and the tree falls over and it's a mess and, and the devil has a good time. But when you and I, when we let our roots go down by the rivers of water where Jesus Christ is, those roots are solid. They are grounded. They go down deep. They go out wide. They're solid. They're grounded in the solid rock of Jesus Christ. So that way when storms of life come, look at the top of that tree. might go way over. He might come way back and he might turn and he might twist. He's just fine. It's because where those roots are feeding from. They're feeding from the river of water of Jesus Christ. God the Father. He's spending time with God. Remember in this time, you and I get to choose who we want to serve. You cannot choose to serve God and mammon. You can't serve both. The Bible says very clearly in 1 Corinthians, he talks about how we cannot partake of the devil's table and of the Lord's table. And when you and I choose to partake of the Lord's table, we get water from a river we, we suck out of that water that comes from the river of living life. That's where we get it from. Look what he said now. He said, it bringeth forth fruit. It's not just some tree. Today, you're not just some tree that is out there by the river. Yeah, I get green leaves and then they die and, you know, sometimes you're doing really wonderful and next time... You're just living like the devil himself. That's not what this is saying. What David is saying, he said, it bringeth forth his fruit in his season. So right now, our season is to bring forth fruit to the glory of God. That's the season we're in. Why? Because Jesus Christ came in our hearts and our lives. He saved us from the world. He saved us from the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. He saved us from ourselves. If you didn't allow him to save you today from yourself. 
Remember, we hear so many times, oh, just follow your heart. Just, just do what, you know, makes you feel good, makes you happy. The Bible doesn't say that. He said, when we're planted by the rivers of water of Jesus Christ, that is when we're grounded, that's when we're rooted, that's where we bring forth fruit. Pray to God. Pray to the Lord Jesus and ask Him to guide you, to direct you. Give, ask Him to give you the desires of your heart according to His plan. Amen. Look what He said. He said, He bringeth forth fruit in His season. His leaf also shall not wither. Glory to God. Does that make you excited today? And He said, Whatsoever He doeth, He shall prosper. <laughs> give God glory. Can anybody shout hallelujah? Today we serve an almighty God. We serve a God that sent His Son so that we can be delivered, so that you and I can be redeemed and live like that, amen. That is what, that is what David is saying. Praise God. Give God a hand. Glory to God. Jesus Christ, He came when He was on the cross, when His arms were spread out. Remember when He said, it's finished? Do you think he was thinking of you? Well, I know he was thinking of me. And I thank God for that. Because if he, if he wasn't thinking of me, if he didn't, you know what would have happened? There'd have been no salvation for me. Wouldn't have been no salvation for you if he wasn't thinking of you. But he, he said it is finished. And when he's talking about being finished, he's talking about being complete. Amen. He said the tree that's planted by the river water bringeth forth fruit in his season. He said his leaf shall not wither and whatsoever he shall do, whatever he does shall prosper. Glory to God. But remember, that's not, that's not by that big fancy river of something where the trees are all falling over, where the roots are coming out. That's along that river that never runs dry. That's along that river that when you go and you spend time with God, when you really are partaking of that river of water that comes from Jesus Christ, it is always fresh. It's always refreshing. It is never that stale, dirty, stinky water that the world has. It's never that. Like he said in Psalms, he said, The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light. Unto my path. Glory to God. And the thing about spending time with God, we draw closer to Him. Like you said in James, I think it is in James 5 maybe. Maybe in James 4. I might just go read some there. Look what He said. He just reminds us. Look what He said in James 4. In verse 7 He said, Submit yourselves therefore to God, Resist the devil, and he will come and be with you. I oh, don't say that. No, he said, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Remember, when you are that tree, if you're today planted by that river of water that David is talking about in Psalms, this is what happens. He said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, yea, sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Look at that. 
Remember when Jesus' blood, when it comes to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, it doesn't miss nothing. It doesn't miss anything. It cleanses us from all sin. That's what His blood does. That's what when we, but remember, when we have secondhand spirituality, it's such a chance and, a, and a, such a big opportunity for the devil to come and destroy and discourage. It's important that you read the Word yourself. It's important that you have that relationship with Christ, that you want to spend time with God. When I first got born again, I remember I was so determined to, uh, when I'm on the road or whatever I'm doing, that I, I can listen to uh, the Word of God, that I could have it reading to me or something. But it wasn't then like it is now. Now all we got to do is download the app right on the phone, and there you go. Anywhere. You just, I love it. No matter where you're at, you can just hit the button, and there it is. But remember, there's other buttons too. See? But I remember back then, so we went and got a whole set of CDs of the Bible. And you put it in the truck. But remember, when you got out of the truck, you couldn't listen to it anymore. I remember buying a CD player and taking it to work. I'm sure my boys remember that. And we'd put it in there and put it on high so we can hear. Maybe there was Bible reading. Maybe there were songs. Today, we don't need a CD player. We don't need to take a radio or nothing. We can just take our phone and have some earbuds and turn it on and don't even disturb anybody. We can just be listening to it. But is that what we do? The point I'm bringing out we have all this convenience. We have all this technology. Rebuke the devil and allow it to be used to the glory of God. Don't allow the devil to come and make his uh, kingdom greater, but allow God to be in charge of that music. Allow God to be in charge of that phone, of that technology that you have on the tips of your fingers. Remember that. That's what happens when we draw nigh to God. That's what he said. He said, be afflicted and mourn and weep. He said, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Then he said, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And he said, he shall lift you up. What do you think about seeking God? You think it's like it doesn't really work or what's your thoughts on that? Let's go read in Jeremiah 29. He talks a little bit about seeking God there. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. Let's see what he says. He said, verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I, had, whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Look what he said there in verse 13. He said, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me does it say with a little bit of your heart? It says with all your heart. All. Just a three-letter word, but it's so important 
with all your heart. See, when you and I, if we're not in it, if we're really not in and serving the Lord, you're not in it. You're either in or you're out. That's how it is. It's none of this halfway business. God is not interested in a halfway. That's why he sent his son. So we can get in the full way. So we can sell out. So you and I can have victory in life. Not just then, now as well. He wants us to have victory. He wants us to enjoy life. Even through the tough times. Even through the bad times. Quiet times. What is it about? When we seek God with our whole heart, that is when He comes across. He knows our hearts and our lives. <clears throat> that is when it comes, like He said, bringeth forth His fruit in His season. And that's why the leaf doesn't wither. It's because you seek Him with your whole heart, with all that is in you. He said that we must love Him that way. He wants us to love Him in that sense. Look what He said in Romans 12, chapter 2, and He said, Be not conformed to this world, but ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Basically, just saturate yourself in God's Word. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you and to, and to renew your mind. If you say you're born again and your mind hasn't been renewed, you're going to have a lot of problems. You're going to have a lot of difficulties in life because your mind will still want to think the old way and your heart is trying to live the new way. They need to be together. Then that's when it works. That's when there's victory. Allow the Lord to do that. Allow the Lord to anoint your heart and your mind. Allow Him. Why am I saying allowing? Because that's what He wants. That's what He wants. You don't have to go and beg, oh, Lord, please, please anoint my mind. You don't have to say that. No, just say, oh, fall in love with God. That's the answer, to come near to God. Then He will come near to you. That's what we read. He wants to be with you. He wants to spend time with you. Be still and know that I am God, he said. That's what David said. But remember what he said here, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Is there sometimes a question in your mind? Maybe you're saying, oh, my business is booming. Everything is just, my job is awesome. I make a lot of money. My banking account is nice and fat. But your spiritual walk is just like a tree that's planted by the river that the world has created. Half the time the roots are looking out, they're drying out, it can just barely survive. Just barely survive. Look at your life. Have you been spending time with God? Do you really love God? Do you really believe God? Do you obey God? You say, well, that's not that important. Not if you don't want His blessings. It really isn't that important if you don't really love Him. It is, but ultimately it is. But the, the problem is when you don't love him, when you and I don't love him with all our heart, we love him with part of our heart. What's in the other part? A good chance, the love of the world, a good chance, things that shouldn't be there. It's a good chance. 
that there's a little bit there that should maybe sell out. Little bit there that needs to rebuke the devil. He said, rebuke the devil and he will flee. Remember that. You're just not quite prospering. Or maybe, maybe you're doing so well in your spiritual life. You're doing just fine. But your financial life, your physical life, everything is just upside down. Maybe things are just not looking great at all. Ask the Lord, what's going on? Ask Him. Well, maybe you're comparing yourself with someone else. The Bible says that isn't wise. Maybe you're just not tithing. You say, well, that's not important. No, not if you don't want His blessings. It isn't. Remember what we read lately in Hebrews? Abraham. Well, maybe it was still Abraham. He gave his tenths to Melchizedek. Why was it important? Can you remember reading how Abraham was such a blessed man? He was obedient. He was obedient to the Lord. He wanted what God wanted for him. He seeked first the kingdom of God. But when God is second, when it's second hand, it's not the same. Just some things to check our hearts. Do you really delight yourself in the law of the Lord? That's what now verse 2 says. Or are you more like number four and five and six? The ungodly are not so. He said, they're like the chaff, which the wind driveth it away. They blow away. You see them one day, they're gone the next. What he said. And he said, they won't, they're not. He said, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment. See? Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. That's what happens. When God's people are pure, and when the pastor preaches the pure word of God, you know what happens to a sinner? He either repents or he leaves. It's one of the two. That's what happens. We just read it. Then he said, I love this. He said, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. See, he knows. You living for him today, he knows you. He knows you by your name. He even knows how many hair on your head. He knows everything. And we can rest in that. But he said, the way of the ungodly, he said, they shall perish. See that? The way of the ungodly is just not a good situation. But the way of the godly, his righteousness, if, his, if our righteousness is here, if his righteousness, if I can say it right, if his righteousness is our righteousness, then that's what he sees when he looks at us. That's what he sees when he's seeing you. That's what he sees when he sees you going about your day's work. He sees you're clothed in his righteousness. Now, he sees that. He sees the righteousness of God is wrapped around us. We're clothed in it. We love him. We sold out to him. And he came and he delivered us. He came and he washed us. He came and he cleansed us from all iniquities, from all unrighteousness. And he even tells us and reminds us. He said, as far as the east is to the west, he remembers our iniquities no more. 
That's what I'm talking about today is why it's so important that you and I spend time with God. Because if we don't spend time with God, we don't know God. And when we don't know God, how can we obey God when we don't know Him? How can we love God when we don't know Him? How can we love Him when we don't spend time with Him? What's, your th what's one of your first things that you like to do with your family or your spouse? What is it? Spend time with them? And if you don't, what happens? You lose connection. You know, sometimes families, uh, maybe the children or somebody gets married and, and their spouse is from another state or something and they move away. And some families stay very much connected through Skype and all those kind of things, the phones, and they're very much connected. Doesn't really hinder it. And others, they just kind of lose connection. Maybe see each other every six months or every year and they just, it's not the same. See? But they still know who they are. That's kind of how it is when people aren't so loud. If you don't sell out to the Lord, you have a little connection. You, you, know, you know who God is. You, you kind of know what He does and stuff. But He doesn't really know you because you have other things that are more important. So today, can I have your attention one more time? Make your priority of 2024 to spend time with God. Can I have an amen? Amen. God bless you.